Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to Time to Rolls Campaign 1. This is episode 61. Uh, we have a good amount to get into tonight, uh, a, a few announcements, and then uh, we'll get into a recap and playing the game because uh, we have most people here, uh, but uh, th that will do with one of the announcements. So getting into the announcements just really quick. Uh, Nate will not be here tonight. Uh, he is on vacation with his family. So I will be manning the psychopath that is Ori for the night. So, you know, there's that. Um, another announcement is I will be attending, me personally, I'll be attending PAX Unplugged. I was just talking to the group about that. Um, I'll be attending that all three days uh, in Philadelphia. So if you're going to be there, and uh, you want to meet me, uh, look for the big dude with uh, with a beard and more than likely uh, all by his lonesome because I don't think I know anybody that's going. So if you want to come say hi, I'll be there. Um, let's see. There's one more thing. Oh, uh, I have a few things working in the background that uh, eventually you guys will bear witness to. Um, I cannot explain what they are yet, uh, but I am excited, so you should be excited. Um, and it will be, it's re related to this channel, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and I can't even tell the group, I can't even tell my friends about this because it's just that secret. So, uh, I've been working on something for a long time, and uh, I'm pretty excited, as I said. There's only one word to describe it, and that's excitement. Um... What's the other thing? Brain. Oh, time to roll.com. Uh, I will be, uh, I'm also working on this, something I can announce. I, I'm working on completely revamping our website. Uh, I've had it up for almost a year now. Uh, and it's about time I made it not just a shop. Uh, you, I'm going to be working on that. that that's going to be a work in progress. Um, but expect to see the website start to look a lot different than uh, it has been. Uh, also look for more merch that will be available on the website eventually. That's taken a back burner because unless someone tells me that they want something, uh, then I just kind of leave it as is for now just because I, I'm very busy. Uh, I'm a very busy human being, especially getting to the end of the year. So anyways, let's get into the game uh, and uh, let's see what everybody, how everyone will react to what we have in pl what we have in store and planned for tonight. So let's do it. Um that one. Oh no. There. There's the people. Okay. I think Zach has dealt with Yuri before. Dealt with who? Yuri on my ARC servers? Yes. I've dealt with Yuri. He's a tree. Oh, yes. <laughs> you want to have this new sword? Okay. We can probably do that for you. Alrighty. Well, since uh, I've already been told by one person that they can hardly remember what happened at the end of last session, let's do a little bit of a recap. And then we'll get into some playing. Yeah, but that person has a drinking problem. I mean, listen, whatever, whatever you say, buddy. Oh shit! I'm talking about myself. Yes. Um, okay. Last we left off, uh, all of you uh, 
made your way through the Onokar's mountain range to uh, to attempt to find the Great Gates of Kriosh, uh, a dwar one of the few entrances into the Dwarven civilization of uh, Arundur. Uh, as you made it to the gate, uh, with a little bit of help from Alan Thaddeus, you were able to start translating uh, the the dwarvish rune the dwarvish runes that were uh, set outside of the gate. Uh, as this was happening, uh, everybody else uh, got into a fierce uh, bit of combat with some sort of elemental type being. It was a serpent of water that sprung from the lakes nearby and uh, attempted to. Um, almost repel you from this gate. Uh, after some quick thinking from uh, from Weavra and Beep, uh, the two were able to shield a majority of you from a massive tidal wave spell that crashed down on the platform outside of the gate. Uh, after a few rounds of combat and a, a few uh, KOs from this water serpent you were all able to heal uh i think it was primarily ori who got knocked out uh save ori from dying and bringing and uh bringing him back up to his feet as the basically the bowl that you were standing in uh in this area started to fill with water rapidly uh after a little bit of tinkering and a little bit of puzzle solving um you all were able to open the open the gate uh, and mm. make your way up the stairs as the water filled to the surface, uh, finding yourself in a dark corridor uh, of dwarven make. Uh, after about an hour's worth of travel through this door, this dwarven corridor, uh, you eventually made it made your way to a lightly, uh, a lightly or a dimly lit uh, tower. That made out of, made out of stone, hanging from the ceiling with chains shooting up, uh, with chains shooting from the building up to the ceiling. Um, you found what seemed to be a battlefield between dwarves and goblins. Uh, goblin, the goblins that were uh, that were there were primarily killed, and the dwar the dwarvish uh, warriors that. Uh, were there were seemed to be dead for had been dead for quite a long time. However, the blood pools still remain. Um, and uh, that's where we left off with a intense ringing through your ears, almost like a bell chiming through your head. Uh, three of the three of you succumbed to this intense sound. Uh, being Beep, Zane, and Elka, all through all of you watch as the three of them, their eyes go blank and they fall to the ground unconscious. Uh, and that is where we left off. What do you guys want to do? I think first thing I would do is uh, just drop a quick uh, first level cure wounds into whoever's closest to me that's knocked out. Uh, beep, I think. Uh, Elka's gonna let out a very loud <laughs> Um. Oh, I have a water skin of life. Uh, I'm going to move over to Elka as I hear her scream. 
and I have one of those water skins. Oh, I refilled them. I have three. Um, uh, I am going to use one of those water skins from the water that was of the tree of life. And I'm going to, if she's not conscious, I'm going to do a head tilt chin lift and slowly turn her head sideways and then drip it in her mouth. Okay. If she is somewhat responsive to swallowing, I will assist her in drinking it. Easy enough. You pour it down her, you, you're able to. Man, it's almost like that's your job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, start an IV on her. Uh, <laughs> Can hang, I get a uh, banana bag? Oh, um, I will. Yes, yes. I'm going to do potassium and uh, just Christ. Yes, it's vitamin K, potassium <laughs> for your banana bag. Um, okay. As you go to cast that spell, Weaver, and milligrams you, of Narcan. Uh, as you as you go to cast that that cure wounds. Uh, I mean, Weaver, you saw her go down. You you think it's safe to say she's not on drugs? Yeah. Uh, One milligram of epi. I'm shocking. Are you done? <laughs> clear. You clear. You clear. Everybody clear. Shocking. Uh, you guys watched Thaddeus fall dead. Where's that go? Oh. I'm muted. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was like sitting here being sassy and I'm like, wait. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Uh, Okay, Weaver, as you go to cast that spell and Thaddeus, as you go to pour the the bit of water into Elka's mouth, uh, you see their bodies physically heal. So go ahead and roll for for the um, for the water of life. I I think it was a d was a three d ten. Wait, that's right. You have a shit ton of water. Um, mm-hmm. how much are you pouring into her mouth? Just enough for one heal? Because one heal's, I just like, one heal's 2d10. Uh, I was gonna do, like, three heals. Okay, three heals? Okay, so roll, roll 6d10 for her. Um, you see their bodies heal, however, their minds do not wake up. They are, they are still unconscious. Um, Weaver, with your, with your knowledge of medicine, you would know that normally, um, and it's 60, 10, not five. There you go. I could only see five, so. Okay. Uh, so 40, add them together. 41 points of healing to, for you. So with, with your general knowledge of medicine was that the point I was going to make out for Vlivra. You would normally understand that with when someone goes unconscious, regardless if it's because they're they're badly wounded or it's because of a magical effect, Normally, healing them with a mat with a, with a healing potion or a spell uh, would generally bring them back. However, they still remain unconscious. And uh, with that twenty-one, you would immediately spot that there's blood coming from both from all of their ears. I'm gonna point that out to everybody else. Alan, being a medicine man himself. Are they on blood thinners? <laughs> God damn it. Rocks fall, Thaddeus dies. All right. 
Um, okay, Alan's going to make a medicine check as well. He gives a... I'm going to call for a second unit. Priority one. Alan will look at you, Flavor, and say, oh, well, if, uh, if healing isn't working, then uh, maybe a restoration spell of some sort. Let me try. And he'll walk over to Zan and cast Lesser Restoration. Um, you will see Zane. You will feel your consciousness slip back to your body. However, you are... Uh, you have an intense headache. And uh, you uh, have gained, you've gained one point, of one point of exhaustion. Great. I rolled high enough on the medicine check that Alan can just do that. Uh, and Alan will look at you, Weaver. Uh, if you if you if you got that spell, that would probably work. I I don't know. You listen, Zed. Yeah, seeing that work, I will immediately drop a greater restoration into um, beep. Greater restoration. Okay. Uh, beep. You wake up. Oh wait, lesser, lesser, lesser. You said he did a lesser. Yes. My bad. You did a lesser. Uh, okay, beep. You wake up, uh, pounding headache, but you do have a, a point of exhaustion. Uh, Alan will roll another medicine check to see if he can uh, do what he needs to do. Uh, no. Out of curiosity, if I did a short rest, um, would I be able to? Like, if I did something equivalent to a short rest, would I be able to work off that point of exhaustion? Uh, no, you need a short, a short rest or a, a exhaustion point goes away after a long rest. Okay. So you wake up, Alan will walk over and burn another spell slot into, uh, Elka and wake her up with a lesser restoration. He rolled really shit for his medicine check. Um, Elka, you will wake up, uh, but with also a point of exhaustion. Wait, I gave her fluids before he woke her up. And that so... and that and that healed her wounds if she had any. You're muted, Elka. Where do I put my uh just put it uh exhaustion should be a thing in roll twenty. At least I think it should. There is. It's it's in the setting menu, uh track exhaustion somewhere. Yeah, go to hit the little cog uh next to your spells. Um, and then it's somewhere. Oh, look, you keep going. Yeah, just, uh, I, I want to know where it is as well. I think it's, okay, yeah, show exhaustion tracking. Uh, far right, um, far right option oh, all the way it. to the bottom. Yeah, I'm going to turn that on. Thanks. For as well. Okay. Which I, I suggest all of you turn that on as well, if you haven't. Um, okay, so you, you all wake up, and immediately what you can gauge from uh, what you just experienced is you all feel tired, but you also feel sad. It's just an intense bout of sadness that, that falls over you, and as you look around at this battlefield, you can't help but realize that there's a lot of sorrow going on that has went on in this area. You look around and there's a two dwarves, um, which I will point them out here. 
uh, to your left that seem to be a male and a female dwarf, and they seem to be attempting to reach out to each other uh, with their hands. Um, and at this point, they're they're fairly skeletonized. Uh, their their clothes still remain, um, but the blood is still pooling. And that is, Weaver, to you, that seems weird. Uh, blood normally dries up after a few days of sitting. Um, however, when you look around, there's blood everywhere. And it's, it's, it just feels almost alien. It, it's just such a weird, it's a weird feeling. Um, as you look up uh, at the at the hanging fortress, and I, I used a didn't exactly have an upside down roof, so you're just gonna have to use a little bit of imagination here with the, with the roof that I use. Um, you do see strung up dwarvish bodies being chained from the upside down uh, fortress, uh, and they're all fairly skeletonized. Um, let's see here. How many? There's eight of you in the party. So it was this sound that knocked everybody out? Yes. Is the sound still um, active? Make a perception check. Wow. Hey, look at you. What did I do? Natural 20. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Do you... You listen, and uh, both Weavra and Alan, with your passives, you could you could hear it slightly as well. Um, you do hear like a slight high pitch hum coming from the tower. Uh, not so much that it is, it is piercing like you would like you would have assumed would be enough to knock out these three, um, and it's just kind of constant. Um. With your 25 Thaddeus, not only are you listening, you begin to open up all of your senses. And uh, you start to look around, and you can't help but feel like you're being watched right now. And you felt this coming in. And to your knowledge, maybe it was from paranoia. Maybe it was from just having having been in a fairly rough battle just at this point, just a few minutes ago. Um, but as you look at the tower, it's almost as if the dead are staring through your soul. And that's a weird thing. Um, um, I, I'm just going to tell you all this. I got this really weird feeling. I'm hearing a sound coming from the tower i believe and i really feel like somebody's watching us like there's eyes from somewhere but i just can't tell maybe it's i don't know i haven't been drinking i promise or have i i don't know the the liquid blood still makes me uneasy as well makes this one uneasy as well that is yes would you say that you always feel like somebody's watching you? This is different. I mean, most of the time I feel like what's this 
fucking name is watching me, but this is different. This is... I don't know how to explain it. It's like cool... It's like a cool feeling of more than one set of eyes is watching me. Alan will say, well, I think it might be, uh... Might be best if we, uh... Stay guarded, but... I don't know about you guys, but I'm a... If I'm a little, uh... As he looks down at his, uh... His arm, and down, like, down his, down his bicep, and, like, over on, like, his right peck. He is... Alan is bleeding profusely. <laughs> and... I think it may be beneficial to see, uh, maybe, uh, take some time to deal with all of this. I can cast some healing spells of that if we want to move on. Why are but... people bleeding? Let's get the hell out of here. Well, I think we're supposed to... I think the whole point of us being here was we were supposed to navigate through these tunnels and go. If we're all going to bleed to death, we're not going to be able to navigate. Well, let me see if I could do something. And he will, uh. He's going to just cast Heal on himself, a six level spell. Uh, actually, he can't because he's used all of his six level spells. Shit. He do 7th level, but... It's not necessary for him. Uh, he's well, gonna, he's, gonna, he's doing that. He's gonna cast Mass Cure Wounds. Is what he's gonna do. Okay. I'm gonna, um... Stick a claw in and kinda, like... Poke at the, uh... The blood by the pair of... Dwarves. Um... And then I might even, um... Uh... Try to, like place them next to each other like they're resting okay um well that's easy enough to do they are they are skeletal remains so uh moving them over uh moving them over you're able to do that and um, as you look at the blood it's it just seems like blood it seems like a pool of blood has been sitting here and for what reason you do not know. Uh, however, when you when you go to touch these corpses, you do notice they're not quite skeletonized. Uh, some of them, one of them still has hair attached to their skull. Um, the other, uh, when you look at his face, he still has a nice puffy white beard that is. Uh, that's still protruding from his jawline. He still has a fair amount of skin on his face. He can't make out any like real face facial features. Um, however, it, it is for the time that they've been dead. From what you can gauge from the medicine checks and just from your general idea of being around death, just from this journey alone. You would you would have thought that they probably would have been dead for at least a decade, but as you get closer, it seems like they maybe only been dead for a couple months, and it's it's really weird because it it's almost it's almost as if both are both both are true, and um, 
Make a... I'm going to say for you, since you're you're up here with the bodies and you're close to that weird blue dim light, make a uh, Arcana check for me. Hmm. Uh, Too distracted with everything else. Something is strange. You just do not know what. Uh, Alan casts Mask Cure Wounds, by the way, so he's going to heal himself twice. Uh, so let's... Okay. So he's back up above 100. That's nice. Um... Okay, and how many is it? Is it five for Mask Your Wounds, or is it six? It's six. Uh, who's looking hurt? I know Ori's looking hurt. I think mainly Ori. He'll at least dump one into Ori. Anybody else? Not me. I think I'm... I'm yeah, I think I'm fine. fine. I'm pretty much okay. How's Elka? I'm... Full of life to you. Um, okay. Don't think Alara really got damaged in that attack. Yeah, Alara's a little hurt, so he'll throw one at Alara as well. Uh, Alara, you heal, you're fully healed. Uh, so that's four. He'll just dump he'll dump two more into Ori then. Um so another thirty-two to Ori. And Ori was fucked up. Like as as these heels are coming on, you go you look over at him. He's got like he's got like uh a, a gashes like around his around his like sternum and around his uh like basically from his sternum down to his pelvis, and you can see like Looking a little closer, you could maybe see a little bit of his, like, internal organs starting to poke out. Like, he's very hurt. Uh, I'm gonna go poke the internal organs. I mean, I mean that was the first time we've seen him go all unconscious. Yeah, he's... I, yeah, so he, that all seals up. Um, luckily, so it's not too gross. Um, okay, but he's he's... Still looking a little hurt, but the the heels definitely help him. Um, I need to mark the. I did mark it. Okay. So, um, as Alan kind of like looks around, he just goes, "Ori, you may want to burn. You may want to, you know, take some time to, you know, oh, not Nate's be dead not here." Yeah, Nate's uh, on vacation. How many? I know he has a shit ton of healing potions. Just trying to figure out where they are. How many does he have? God, those are ugly units. The Edmonton Oilers are playing an outdoor game and they're wearing some retro uniforms and they are uglier than shit. Right. If anybody can. And so Ori will drink a full normal healing potion, give 20 HP. 
<sighs> Ori's looking okay now. Still down 50 HP. Jesus. I forgot how much HP this dude has. He almost has more than Alan. Uh, okay. So Alan will kind of... located the source of that noise yet? Um, with your perception check, you can tell that, that sort of the source of the noise is either coming... Which he rolled a nat 20, so you'd be able to tell within reason. Um, it's definitely coming from the tower. Uh, where at in the tower, it's really hard to tell, even with a natural 20. Um, and Weaver, you, you also kind of understand that that noise is coming from the tower. Um, let me see here. I'm going to roll a d8, and this will tell me who's going to be making this save, or making this check. A beep. Make a perception check. Alright. Looks on you, he has a higher bonus than me. 19. 19. Right. You fail. You're dead. You cannot hear this high buzzing sound, or this high piercing sound. Um, however, you do notice... As you use your feline eyes to look ahead, you do notice almost like a um, some movement in the shadow. Um, and you immediately flag this as being either a human or a dwarf or some sort of humanoid. Um, because you see a hand crawling up from the ground and right in front of Alan, and now Alan kind of like, when he sent, when, let me see what F. Alan will say. Thank you, Corrigan. By the way, when Beep, when Beep sees this, he's just going to start, he's just going to say, Beep, and, and point towards, <laughs> what, like, where the movement Alan came from. Alan will roll with advantage then. Okay. Uh, yeah, Alan will see it. Uh, folks, we may have some issues, and as he... As he looks down, beep, you see two hands reach up out of the stone ground and push itself out of uh, push itself out of basically this cobblestone. And as you look at it, it looks like a dwarf. Its skin is gray, and it's wearing some weird armor. And as you look closer, it's almost as if the top of its head is split open. Um, let me see here. We'll... Can we determine if it's undead or not? I, uh, you'll find out. So this is what you see. Yeah. If you wanna, there you go. That's what he looks like. So as he crawls forward, he will say, "Who are you?" Saying in general, in common. Elka's gonna push Zane forward, like you talk to him. Be Beep's just gonna put his uh, thumb up to himself, yeah. and he's gonna say, "Beep." This is Beep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pull out my uh, cell phone and Google what it looks like. Thaddeus takes forty points a second. 
Is anybody stepping up to talk to this thing? <laughs> I introduced Beep. What do you mean? Uh, he, this creature, human, he definitely looks, he looks like a dwarf. A little tall for a dwarf, but maybe it's just because of his armor. He just looks, and as you get closer in the dim blue light, you see that his eyes do not have pupils. They are just white. And he will say, I not heard an answer. Who are you? Zane Rona. Thaddeus Sterling from the House of Sterling. Here at your service. Saying he kind of. Collectively, we are the rat bastards. Saying he kind of looks at you. Hey, you have your armor on, right? I do. He kind of like tilts his head. Not. Not exactly like. He's very confused as to what you are. Uh because you can't really tell underneath the armor. However, as Thaddeus steps up and says something, he goes, Elf Observer. Get him, boys. Everyone roll initiative. Oh, god damn it. Why is it always that? Got my first. Hurry. Are you, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you keep introducing yourself as Thaddeus Sterling of the House of Sterling. Even though you were exiled. Now. Right? Like, mine. It's more of a freaking joke, but now it's yeah. like. There it goes. Zach, can you delete the uh, Southern Moor uh, token of me? Because that, for some reason, doesn't seem like it's linked to my character feet, right? Do, do any of our characters speak was. Dwarvish? Oh. You should probably... Thaddeus. Yeah, why don't you speak in Dwarvish to the guy? That's a good question. <laughs> and this is Prob why we're dying. Probably has to do with wine. Warner's Peach and Honey Wine. Sorry, I'm. Uh, Vivra. You see in front of you a older-looking, haggard, uh, dwarvish man, gray skin, no pupils in his eyes, just uh, just pure white eyes, almost like morph out of the wall of this tower, and like splash himself onto the ground in front of you. He looks kind of. Um, Kind of gross. Uh, in front of all of you, you see a, another older dwarvish man, pale skin, walk out very slowly from this blood pool. You see another more ghastly looking uh, dwarf man with a uh, with a hood over and blood blood in his white beard, and he looks a little bit more undead than the others. Uh, and then, peeking out from behind these rocks, you see a feeble old dwarf kind of, like, walk forward and, like, put his hand down on this corpse right here of a fallen dwarf. And you see his arms start to, like, suck in the blood from around the area. And, uh, 
this one with the weird fucked up head says to all of you, you must die. Um, okay. Did, does voice action take uh, initiative? Talking is free. If that's what you're in, in Dwarvish, before combat starts, I'm going to say, we are not here to kill you. Uh, We're here is friends and companions. I'm going to mute real quick. Shut my door. That was not Dwarven in the background. No. That dog was speaking Dwarven. What do you mean? Pull out my dagger. Uh, he will death. say to you in, in, uh, in Dwarvish, uh, you speak our language. That is blasphemy. Um, and uh, I need a real issue for a bunch of people. Well, I just pissed him off more, gang. Uh, Ori oh. rolled like shit for initiative. We saw that coming. And the first attack roll Zach makes is going to be really high for some odd reason. And they all rolled 20s. Um, Alan also rolled like shit. It's Alan's modifier. Okay. It's okay, I guess. Uh, that one rolls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that thing's uh, dex is awful. Like minus dex. That's uh, eleven. Uh, okay. That one's okay. Does the dwarf by me look like one of the two that I kind of laid more peacefully? Uh, with your perception, no, it does not. This uh, the dwarf in mm -hmm. front of you looks. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't quite. They don't look quite the same. Uh, facial features and everything don't don't quite uh, don't quite match up. Um, okay, this one. Uh, and we'll go. There we go. Okay, that one rolls a. I'm not rolling great for initiative for anybody. Oh, hey, there you go. That's a 19 for that, or 19 on the die for that one. Descending order. All right. Uh, to start off combat, Elka. 
you see these five dwarvish corpses is the best way you could describe it. They're almost, they're not quite dead, but they aren't quite alive. But they also strangely aren't undead. It's it's a very weird, um, weird bit of circumstance for sure. So my exhaustion, I have disadvantage on ability checks. That's not disadvantage on combat, right? Correct. Okay. We're gonna go for this guy. I believe that's the case. I'm gonna double check. Steady stab. Grab all my. Yeah, just a disadvantage on. It says a. a yeah, three three point three on. points of exhaustion is where you have disadvantage on attacks. Got it. So I have. 20, 24. 24 to hit. Let me double check that one. This, uh, this guy. The 22 didn't hit? So I, I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm checking. I had, I, I didn't have this character sheet. Up. <laughs> uh, like, oh, no. Uh, no, 20, 24. Yeah, 24 hits. Just the 24? 22 also hits. Oh, okay. Sorry, not trying to give you a. Give me a freaking heart attack. Yeah, sorry. And all my Okay. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen damage? Yeah. Okay. And then I'm attack again with my attack. Eighteen? To hit? Yeah. Misses. I will go right ahead. It's my. Nope. I rolled an eight and a five. Let me try doing my. Ex Do I get an extra attack even if I miss? Uh, I, I did with, your attack. with your bonus action, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, 24. Hit, yes. yes. I need yes. something to write on. 10 more damage. So, okay, so you did remind, it was, okay. Oh, I got it. Hello? No, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, you carve into this guy and... As you sink your your rapiers into him, he takes them all, but his body like absorbs the blows. It does the amount of damage that you think, but it is like almost hard to pull your weapon out as you sink it into him. Obviously, he's a mimic. Obviously, yes. Uh, I think that's that's. That's all you're gonna do. Okay. And okay. Just I'm right. I'm writing down HP on a piece of paper. It's easier for me to keep track of. Um. Okay. Uh, ending your turn. It is now. This one's turn. Where is he at? Okay, he is going to... Let's see. 
You're going to see him pull daggers out from underneath his cloak. And he is going to look at you, Elka, and realize that you are cutting into his companion. And he is going to go to throw what looks to be a really rusted dagger. Um, he's going to throw it at you, so he needs to roll the hit. Plus to hit. Plus. Okay. Uh, 21 to hit. No. Okay. He throws it and you watch it come at you. And then as it, when he realizes that it's sailing just slightly past your face, it disappears and returns back in his hand. He's going to throw again. That's a, that's a 28. Yeah, I guess that will hit me. Sorry, rolled an 18. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No, I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I hope you roll low on. Hey. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, uh, so that's... Okay. This dagger shoots at you with, like, this green pulse. Uh, like, bending around it. Um... Okay. Know how much that does. And now I need to roll. What's your shot? Six. Okay, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw as this dagger hits you in your shoulder. Oof. Nine. That's a fail. Um Okay, you take you take six points of piercing damage as it hits you. And 16 points of psychic damage. Um, as it hits you with your... Uh, uh, with that failed wisdom save, you feel that intense piercing ring in your ears. Uh, and you fall unconscious. Oh, fuck. Well, I'll just... Uh, we're going to use for unconscious marker... We're going to use that. That little circle with two lines through it. Um, okay, he has a bonus action. He's going, you're going to see him. Uh, he's You're going to see him like touch his left shoulder. And he's going to, sh uh, you won't, Elka, because you're passed out. Um. <laughs> Uh, but everybody else is going to see him shrink down to about the size of a mouse. And he is now small, which I can't make him any smaller than he is here. Um, but he, he is a, he is a, he is a tiny boy and, uh, he is going, you're going to see him crawl and he's going to disappear. Well, actually with that role, he isn't going to disappear. You see him like duck behind this rock, and you could just see his tail, or what would be his tail, but the, the cloak of his, like drapes of his cloak coming off, uh, high, like behind the rock. Uh, but he is he is hiding, uh, attempting to hide. Mo all of you see him because I rolled a four on the dice for stealth. Um. Okay, that is his turn. Uh, beep, your turn. All right. Um, 
I'm going to cast mirror image on myself. Okay. So do that. Alrighty, um, makes you harder to hit. Gotcha. Yep. And then I'm going to let me see. I'm going to move into a defensive position on Dennis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're fine. If Dennis dies, I'm leaving the fucking campaign. <laughs> like you will never see this face again. Pretty sure Ori will murder all of us. Yeah, Dennis. That's the end, guys. You'll so. be okay. But yes, I'm. I'm doing that. Okay. I'm going around Dennis, and then I'm going to. Um, hold on, let me see. I guess I'll do Zane Bark Inspiration. Okay, uh, Zane, take that right. D10. God, I have I have 15 Chrome tabs open right now. Somebody... Nice. I bet your Ram's feeling real good right now. I'm curious. Let me look. <laughs> Brother, I'm working with one Ram stick right now, praying to God. I have 64 gigs of DDR5 RAM and currently streaming, casting, and with 15 Chrome tabs open, my computer's running it with uh, using up 41 gigabytes of RAM. Damn. I wonder how much of that is Chrome. A lot. Nate just messaged me. What's up with Nate? Um... I said, is there anything you want you want Ori to do specifically? Nate says, kill everything. So, there's that. Don't kill Dennis. Not Dennis. Okay. Go text him back and say, Dennis is now dead. No! I, I, told, I told him I'll do my best not to kill Ori. And he said, God, before thanks. you thought, don't. Kill if everything. If I ever see Ori side-eyeing Dennis, I'm going to... I'm going to put beep into combat with him. All right. right beat him over the head with a loot. So that's 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 Beep's turn. Do you want to? So you're just keeping defensive position on Dennis. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna defend Dennis with am my I, life. It's now. Am I am I sitting on Dennis? Yes. Oh fuck me. Um, Dennis goes. I'm going too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is uh this one's turn next to Vivra. Um. This one is going to do the same thing that the other one did, except the opposite and cast bonus action enlarge on itself. So it's going to be that big. Um, and it is going to move right in front of Weavra. And it is going to Let me double check. It is going to use. You're going to see Vivra. You're you're used to fire, uh, with you being a wildfire spirit druid. You see him summon almost like a a dagger of fire in front in his hand, and it kind of almost it's not even a dagger. It's it's more or less a short sword, but in his hand, being enlarged, it looks smaller. And he's going to look at you, and he's going to stab you with this fire. Um, let me check. 
18 to hit? Uh, me to be to, yeah. Okay. Uh... Uh, you take. Okay. You take 20 points of piercing damage and 8 points of fire damage uh, as it stabs into you. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't have bonus. It doesn't have multi attack. That's its turn. It's going to pull out the pull out the, the blade and just kind of look at you and smile. Um. Uh, that will end its turn. Zane, what would you like to do? Let's see. Where's the thing here? Very big. Um, I tried to defend my girl. I roll up here and punch this fucker in the face. Okay. Uh, this should hit. Do the math quick. Uh, what's that? Nine. Twenty-five. That hits. Four. Four points of damage. No, <laughs> I'm saying four, six, uh, eleven thunder damage. Eleven thunder damage. Yep. Still, he's still standing, looking a little rattled. I'm gonna punch him again. Okay, do it. Uh, less good. Um, pretty sure 12 misses. 12 misses, yes. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> it is now Alara's turn. I want to hop off my steed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Moonbeam. <laughs> Moonbeam? Which Moonbeam. one? Moonbeam. Hmm. Let me see. High foot radius, 40 high sub. Let's go this guy right here. Sorry. Actually, no, wait. Do I have a chance or is that rock in the way? Yeah, fuck you... that. This guy right here. Uh, what? Uh, this one right here? Sorry. This one right here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a dexterity saving throw or a con save? Um, Constitution. Gotcha. Uh, for that one is over here. Uh, sixteen. Does it say? No, your spell save DC has to be higher than that at this point. Crazy. Oh yeah, mine's eighteen. Woo. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. Two D ten. I want to use the dice here because I can't roll worth shit. All right, eight. eight, and it just stays there. So let me go ahead. I flip him the fucking bird. I've had enough. Just done. There you go. Moonbeam is. Can you check? Can you check what the size of that is? Yeah, is uh, five foot radius, forty foot high cylinder. Five foot radius. So it's literally the this entire. Just. 
blasting down on him. Okay. Uh, eight points. Good to know. Iron that stays there. Anything else you want to do? You have probably five, ten feet more movement, but that's up to you. Yup. I'm gonna move back. Okay. Because <laughs> um, now he's probably pissed. Alrighty. Um... It is now, let's see, in your turn. It's now Alan's turn. Alan's going to look at Elka. Well, shit. He's going to just walk up and he's going to dump a... He's going to dump a... He's going to do a lesser restoration because he failed this. Uh, where's Alan's character sheet? There he is. Okay. So, Lesser is second level spell. So, he's now done three. All right. And, uh, Elka, you wake up. Um, however, you do get another point of exhaustion. You are still, uh, still technically prone. So, we'll leave you, we'll leave you sideways like that for now. Um... Alan is then going to, since that's an action, um, nah, no need. Alan's just gonna kind of like pat you on the shoulder, Zane, say, "Well, good luck." And he's gonna back up fifteen feet. Um, Thaddeus, it's your turn. You're, you're muted, Todd. Sorry. Uh, is Elka still unconscious? No, she's prone. She is awake. Okay. Um, I'm going to go after... How far am I from this big fucker? Over next to what? The big boy. Over next to Weaver? Yeah. Um, You are... 40 feet. Okay. Do I have attack of opportunity since he's focused on Weaver? You mean sneak attack? Or sneak attack. Well, yeah, sneak attack. Uh, well, technically, uh, he is engaged with Weaver, so yes. Since his reach right. is 10, his, his reach is larger. My parents just brought me food, and they didn't bought me food, and I didn't even ask them to. Wow. What? What did they do wrong? No, um... <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god, I just... Oh, stop, Todd! Stop! Okay, um... So yeah, I'm gonna attack with, uh... My... Rapier. Okay. 23... Mm, hold on. I have, I'm handling a lot of character sheets here. Let me find his AC. Um, that one. 23. Yes, that hits. Alright. So, uh, Rapier damage. Nine. And sneak attack. 
17. Okay. So, total of 26. Okay. And... Are you... Any... You didn't bonus action poison before you attack, so... You didn't inject the poison into your blade. Oh, shit. So, I'm not going to let you do that. Pre I'm gonna, you have to do that before. So... Well, that's fair. Okay. Um, do I still have any action left or reaction? You have a you have a bonus action and a, and a reaction. Um, your bonus action, you can't attack again, but you could disengage. You could. Okay, bonus action. I'm going to disengage, and I'm going to pull the cloak over my head and go invincible. Uh, you cannot do both. Using your pull, pulling your cloak pulling your cloak over as a bonus action in combat. So, all right, you can't. You, I... If you want to go invisible there, you can, but you're not disengaging. You'd have a general idea of where you're at. Okay, I'm going to then just disengage. How many feet can I move? Disengage. Um, you moved like you said. You moved forty feet. What's your speed? Thirty-five. Okay, you would have had to bonus action dash to even get there. So your bonus action well, was you no, dash. I'm right there. Yeah, he would have been one shorter. And I think you were when you were measuring, you were measuring to a further corner of him too. So okay, so then yeah, you could bonus action disengage. So you would um, if you wanted to bonus action disengage, you would be able to step back out of his range technically, but you don't have the movement to do that. So. Uh, disengage is a, a five foot step in and of itself yeah so but right but he has a ten foot reach that's why I'm to disengage that's that's one of those weird gray lines in D&D &D where it's like technically you don't have the movement to do it but okay well then I'm going to uh... but rule of cool uh, and I don't I really don't necessarily care and it's it's part of your it's it's part of you being a rogue. You could disengage out of out of his uh, range right there. Okay. As a bonus action, I'll allow it. And I'm gonna text my mom and tell her I'm gonna be late for dinner. I wasn't paying attention. I thought you meant in game, and I was like, I'm who? I'm being a smart ass. Yes. <laughs> I picked up I'm on old, that. But I can't. Maybe uh, next weekend, guys. Okay. Well, that is your turn. It is now seemingly the leader's turn. Um, where is his attacks? He's going to... You're going to see him reach his hand out, and apparating in his hand is going to be a giant war hammer. And uh, he is going to look at Elka, prone... Look at Zane, fully armored, shrug his shoulders, and just bring the hammer down on Elka. Who's doing that? The guy next to Elka? Yeah. Disadvantage. What is that? Thunder Gauntlets. Thunder Gauntlets, right. Um, well, okay, well, he has advantage because she's prone, so it's just a straight roll. Which is a 26 to hit. That hits. 
Okay. For his... Okay. Just making sure I'm rolling the right dice here. Okay. Okay, so it's a... Plus... That's uh, 18 points of bludgeoning damage from his hammer. And then he's going to... As his hammer operates, you notice a chain attached to it, to the end of it. He's going to take his hammer and flip it and swing it down with his mace. That's attached, or the, um, basically like a ball, like a spike ball and chain. He's going to bring that down on you as well. Oof. It's a natural 20, but Ooh. you don't take crits. Nope. So it's just a hit, just an auto hit. Uh, and luckily this doesn't do as much damage. Uh, you take eight points of piercing damage. Um, he is then going to use his bonus action. Uh, immediately after a creature has been through the hammer, if it's an attack, will upcut. And then he also has oh. Uh, he is going to use his he's going to use his bonus action to use um, absorb life, and he's going to do this to both Zane. It's an AOE, so he's going to do this to Zane and Elko. Um, I'm going to need both of you to roll a Constitution saving throw. Twenty-seven. Okay, that's succeed. Successful. Twenty-two for me. Also successful. So you feel a drain of life force coming out of you, but it's not as intense. You're able to steal yourself. However, you still both. Okay. 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 Your max hit point uh, total temporarily goes down by five. HP, and Zane, yours goes down by four. And you see him start to heal as he absorbs. I'm sorry, how much damage? Uh, you're not taking damage. Your max hit points go Got down it. by five okay. temporarily. Um, so if you want to just put that in like temp HP, just a minus five or whatever, just so you know. Um, and he will heal a total of HP. And Xanier goes down by four. Okay. And that is the end of his turn. Uh, it is now the guy in the moonbeam's turn. Uh, which I think at the end of his turn, if he ends, if he ends his turn and he takes the damage. Um, however, he necessarily doesn't give a shit. Um, he's gonna... <laughs> so it's Moonlight, not Sunlight. Good to know. Oh. Alright. Technically, Moonlight is Sunlight. I will... Because the moon doesn't put off light. It is... Well, let, me, let me double check that, because it is a... So... there He has a Sunlight Sensitivity. Well, in Sunlight... 
He has disadvantage on attack rolls as well as on perception checks. Um, okay, yeah. Moonbeam would count as sunlight, technically. So, he is going to Not step out of the beam, shielding his eyes. He's going to move right there. You're going to see him apparate a Alara. You're going to see him apparate a... Uh, um, we'll say, yeah, he's going to apparate what looks to be a, like a spear, uh, in his hand, and he's going to throw it at your face. Bug. It's a 24 to hit. Uh, make a constitution saving throw. Okay. That's... <laughs> That's a fail. Um, okay. You take so ranges. So you take three points of piercing damage, however, and it's a glancing blow across your face, however, you are now bleeding. So you have disadvantage on um bleeding, I believe. Let me double check just so I'm not Okay, yeah. Uh, you're bleeding. You have disadvantage on saving throws and attack rolls for two turns. Yeah. At least it was me. And uh, a turn. And <laughs> a turn. That's now Ori's turn. Him seeing you get injured. Puts him into a, a fury and he's just going to walk up to this guy. And uh, with his axe, I need to find Ori's character sheet. Uh, Alright. Uh, fuck. Oh my god. I didn't realize that his plus to hit was that much. Fuck it up. The spirit innate is with us. That's a natural 20. <laughs> Um, making a 33. Unless I roll like shit on these dice, he is this guy's this guy's toast. Plus a d6 of oh my god, that's uh three 11s on the 3d12. So that's 30 36. With the three's already doubled because he's I mean so no he's not. So that's um That's seventy two points of damage to this one. And he is dead. <laughs> because of course he is. Uh that is is there one, two, three, four it's a twenty feet. Um, he's going to step forward slightly with the last bit of his movement, and for his extra attack, he's going to throw his axe at the one that is in front of Zane and Elka. Um, and that is a natural two. 
So that's a 15. That misses. So, and he will use his bonus action to say the the um, the power word attached to it to bring his axe back into his hands. And uh, that is going to, I think Ori's going to end his turn there because he's already used action surge. Which, keep in track, uh, by the way, for you, Elka, if you use action surge in the fight prior with the serpent, then you can't use it because you've yet to have a rest. I mean, I have a counter for it, and I had it available. I don't think I used it on the, on the last one. Okay, just making sure. Ori did use action surge and second wind, so. And indomitable. I use second wind and indomitable. Um, okay, Fuivra, your turn. Alright, I'm gonna go ahead and just, uh, I'm probably gonna keep it relatively, actually, let me double check this real quick. Oh, that's a save spell, so being melee isn't going to make it, um... Suck, so I'm gonna go ahead and cast Flame Strike um, on this bastard, um, but far enough away so that it obviously doesn't hit uh, Zane or Elk. Okay, and is it a roll or is it a roll to hit? Gotcha. Deck, oh, it's a save. save. Yeah, understood. That's a fail. <laughs> Twenty-six points. Oh. Radiant damage. I, I didn't realize. And that's struck. radiant. Um. Okay. Yeah. He just evaporates. He's dead. No longer exists. Probably a waste, given that. But. Um, oh no! It's because of the oh, radiant. Well. You, you get the sense it was because of the radiant damage, specifically for him. Fair. Um. And then. I think that's pretty much all I'm going to do on my turn, because uh, I'm not going to move off of this guy, and I'm just going to kind of keep keep on keeping up. Okay. As uh, now this guy's turn, he's going to step forward, mm -hmm. and he's going to use bonus action to enlarge, and uh, he is going to use this guy. He is going to use fire spray. I need um, Elka and Zane to both make a dexterity saving throw. Twenty-two. Making sure with twenty-one. Twenty-one. Both of you succeed. Um, however, you do both still take. Okay. Enlarge it doubles the dice. So. Uh, you guys would take 22, but however, it's half, so 11, and Zane, half that, so. I also six. take half because it's fire. Are you um, resistant to fire? Yeah. 
Oh, well then you both I'm take... I'm part fire. I'm part gold dragon. You both take uh, six points of uh, fire damage then. He looks a little angry that it didn't hurt nearly as much as he thought it would. That was the end of his turn. Elka, top of the order. All right, I'm going to stand up. Um, I'm going to do burning hand. Okay. It's a deck save. Yeah. At DC would be equal to your intelligence, so it'd be uh, eight plus My your spell save DC is fourteen. Okay, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is okay. Fourteen. Uh, spell save DC of fourteen. Uh, Dex check for that guy. Uh, when he's enlarged, he has disadvantage on Dex saves. That's a fail. Uh, 13 damage. 13 damage. Okay. And that's... Can't reach this guy back here, right? No, and he's small. He's not hidden from you, however, because he's now the size of a rat, he, he does technically have three-quarters coverage behind that rock that I just can't shrink his token. Got it. Okay. At least not to my knowledge. I'd have to... Uh... Since I cast a spell, do I get my attack, or is it just me? If you choose to cast a spell, that is your action. Right, but do I get an ex I like my extra attack? Nope. Okay, nope. then I'm done. Alright, uh, it is now the little guy's turn. He's going to... He's going to peek out. And he's going to look at... He's going to survey the field. And uh, we're going to see which one he hits. I'm just going to go ahead and roll a between you, you two, Ori, and you two, Ori, and Alara. Uh, he's going to try to throw, he's trying going to try to hit Zane. Um, when he's reduced, okay. But he does have advantage. Whoa. It's natural 20 on Zane. Uh, you, only, you take two points of piercing damage because you only take one from the little tiny dagger that sinks through your armor and just like finds a crease in your armor and hits you in your collarbone. Um, you also take... Wow. That's three. That's three ones on three d six. So that's, you take six points of psychic damage. Uh, make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 
Uh, eight. <laughs> eight, that's a fail. Uh, yes, and, uh, normally that's the case, but for these creatures, they take... You don't roll the damage on the hit on the on the for the piercing damage is just one because they're so tiny. Good looking at though. Specific creatures have specific uh, rules with them. So, Zane, you said eight on your wisdom save. Yep, you're unconscious. Uh, he will then sidestep again and looking between the legs of the big guy he's going to attempt to throw another dagger at uh, Elko damn I think this hits this is a 21 to hit 21 does not hit no no it doesn't all right Dagger goes wide, misses you. Um, he is then going to use some of his movement, and he's going to attempt to hide behind the sacks. Okay, and he, in your eyes, just kind of disappears. All of you, except for. Actually, all of you that can see him, he just kind of disappears. Him and Alan, wow. Um, that is his turn, though. Beep. Is there anyone who's, like, looking particularly bad right now? I know Zane's unconscious, but... Zane's unconscious. Like... Elka's a little injured. I'm about half. Um, Ori still looks a little fucked up, but he seems to be fine. I was gonna say, I'm unconscious, but pretty well off. Okay, I'm going to go up to Elka here. And then I'm going to do a Cure Wounds. I'll do that at level 3. Let's hope this time it's actually a good roll. That's not bad. Mm, not awful. Okay, so Elka, you heal uh, 13 points of healing. And let me check one thing. Okay, and I'm going to use the rest of my movement to go back to the tent. Okay. <laughs> I got to keep him I got to keep him calm. Alrighty. Do I need to do like an animal handling to see if I can keep him calm or He's no? currently I've been rolling periodic wisdom saving throws for him and he's been fine. Okay, cool. Alright, and that'll be the end of my turn. Definitely doesn't seem as rattled as he did when fight facing against the giant water serpent monster. That's understandable. Okay. It is now the one next to Weaver's turn. Um... It is this guy, yeah. Um... He is going to just see that. See that. Uh, he's going to look at Thaddeus. Look at you. 
And he's gonna... He's going to... Move towards Thaddeus. He's gonna step past you, so if you want to take an attack of opportunity, you can. Weaver. Oh. Oh, Weaver or me? Weaver. Uh, did, does he see that? Yeah, if a Thaddeus, he just disengaged. Oh, okay. I thought he did the cloak and not disengaged. Um, then, yeah, I will go ahead and just take a, uh, a poke at Okay. Don't think a 10 is going to do it. Uh, 10 misses. Unfortunately. Uh, Thaddeus, he's going to stab you. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, 17 to hit. My armor class is 16. Okay, so that hits you. Uh, I... I have evasion. Or I have uncanny dodge. Yes. So 19 plus. You take uh, 19 points of piercing damage and one point of uh, fire damage. Does uncanny dodge allow you to? Uh... It, and I, I know evasion uncanny dodge allows you to take half damage. I just can't remember one. Does uncanny dodge just is a reaction? Starting, right? at, starting at fifth level, when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to half the attack's damage. When you take t you take ten points of damage. Um, that is his turn. He can't do anything else. Zane, you are unconscious. Uh, your turn is skipped. Yay. Actually, wait. Hold on. Actually, you can make a wisdom saving throw at the end of your turn. Let's see. My wisdom saves suck. It's actually pretty good. Uh, 21. Uh, you wake up. And no point of exhaustion. But you are prone. You just kind of wake up like, what the fuck? But that is your turn. That That's safe. Okay. Uh, Alara. Okay. The big boy is right there. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I'm gonna move up just a wee bit. Actually, you said Ori was hurt a little bit. Uh, he's he looks hurt, but not like in pain. If that makes sense, like okay. definitely looks battle torn, but nothing like you crazy. Okay. Um, I'm going to step right here where I'm at, and I am going to, hmm, I just saw it, where the fuck, 
Oh no, I gotta be closer for that. I wanna cast Poison Spray. But I have to be 10 feet. It's 10 feet, so I would have to be... How close to the big guy? 10... How far can I move? Poison Spray is based from, from your... So if it's 10 feet... You were right here. Right. You can move as a goblin. I think you can just move 30 feet. So you could, if you wanted to poison spray him, you could. You, you, you would just have to go. You can go right there and do it and probably not hit Elka or Zane. Or if you go right here. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Or maybe one up it, like here. Yeah, you can do that. All right. We'll do that then. All right. Um, I just want to check one thing. And can I do it at the fifth level? Because that's a two d twelve damage. Uh, well, yeah, it, it naturally goes up as you level up since it's a cantrip. So silly me. And you guys are tenth level, so yeah, it's still two d twelve. Uh, but it okay. is a um, Constitution saving throw for him, which he gets advantage on because he is. Um, that's a fail. Yay, boy! I just want to double check Moonbeam. Me roll! Pretty sure. And damage. Oh. I think it's concentration uh, and a bonus action. To move. Yeah, I just want to see if it was a bonus action to move it. It is a bonus action. Okay. Uh, alright, I'm just making sure the poison spray is not. 10 points of damage to him. Which is that one, okay. Um, you could still use bonus action to move the, uh, your moonbeam. I think it can move, uh, 20 feet. Bonus action 20 feet? <laughs> move me the fuck back. <laughs> Uh, that's all you can move, so... Back. Oh, no, you can't move anymore. Oh, I can't. Where so, was I? Was I here yeah. or there? You're right there. Yeah. You can move your moonbeam that's still active right here. 20 feet from you. I'm gonna stay right there, then. <laughs> Alright. Uh, it's now Alan's turn. Seeing as things are kind of going okay, but not the best, uh, Alan is going to cast um, You saw that the radiation, the radiation, radiant damage was doing an okay job. Uh, he's gonna go ahead and uh, he does have that. Cool. He's gonna cast uh, that, um, which is a sixty-foot radius. So he's gonna try not to hit everybody. Uh, sixty-foot radius is quite large it's 25 sick jesus okay um <laughs> wait does he get to pick and choose targets with that i can't remember 
on a point you choose uh, each creature in that light must make constant yeah he can't exactly um he's going to make it so it's he doesn't want to hit Bleaver with it. I mean, chances are I can take it, so. Yeah. You know, he's probably just going to do that. He's, yeah. gonna, he's going to be like, uh, sorry, friend. And he's going to, uh, ooh. To hit all three of them, he's going to have to get pretty much. He's going to have to give Weaver, Elka. Zane and Alara inside is the sun the sunburst. Oh, and actually, my original thought is uh, not gonna be great. So never mind on that original. He and he's the only one that can see the little shit. So okay, like from there. Okay, yeah, he's just gonna center it there. <laughs> You guys are just going to see an intense... Well, not quite that. It's a little bit bigger than that. From the entire thing. and Basically engulfing the entire... Uh, you get the idea. <laughs> not hitting Beaver. Uh He's going to blast that guy and that guy with it. Bonuses to having Okay. Uh that one is not but you watch the, the big guy in front of you, uh Zane and and Elka just get incinerated uh this little guy you can't see him is not doing too hot uh wait actually he's dead because he's a he's a doesn't do too great with radiant damage so he's dead um, and, uh, Alan will immediately just, uh, oh, wait, they had to save. Well, they, they have, they have disadvantage anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's a four and a three. Um, okay. So they both take 42 full damage. All right. I'm gonna clear it and then I'll go ahead and draw Okay. Um Alan's gonna be like, whew. Alright, I did my part. And he's gonna sit down. Thaddeus, it's your turn. Um Does this guy look bloodied in front of me? Uh, he's looking looking kinda hurt, yeah. Okay. Well, he is going to be um, is he focused on me? Um, yes, he just hit you with a, he just stabbed you with a, with a fire knife. Uh, disengage and that reaffect. Well, you would get, to, you, you would, 
because he's technically in, still engaged with Weaver you, uh, because of his size, you would still get sneak attack because okay. you have advantage. Alright, then we are going to... Yeah, and if I need to extend my spear to give um, Thaddeus sneak attack, I will do Alright, so 22, I'm assuming that's a hit. And hits. I am using my bonus action to engage my poison. Okay. Uh, so 22 right. hits, so, go and roll your rapier damage. And then add 2d6. Two, Okay, so it's a uh, thirteen. Now add sneak attack. Oof. What the fuck? You had two ones in that. Yikes. No. Um. So that's a uh, twenty-seven points of damage. He's looking quite hurt, but he is not dead yet. I think that's my whole attack. All right. now Ori's turn. Ori's going to use his full movement. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that within 20? That's 35 feet. Yeah, he can't. He'd throw with disadvantage. He's going to go ahead and throw his axe at disadvantage. Wow. Okay, that's uh, 18 to hit. Does that hit him? That just hits him. All right. Um, so, oh my god. <laughs> Nate, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Just, that's 3d8 and a 3d, and a, and a d6 for his axe. Or not, a, a d8, uh, 3d12 and a d6. I just rolled a 1, a 3, and a 2. On the D12s, and then a one on the six. <sighs> okay, Impressive. that's that's moderately depressing. So that's that's seven points of radiant damage, or of, of damage. Um, which these aren't specifically uh, he's going to bonus action recall and um, he's what would Ori do? Ori would definitely throw again. Alright, we're going to throw again. That's misses. That's a natural two. So Ori's axe goes flying past the guy and lands on the other side. Uh, that is the end of Ori's turn. Ori's like, oh, my axe. Uh, Weaver, your turn. He's looking, this guy's I'm looking real guy the... or... Oh, yeah. He's going to get the burning. Okay. Uh, what's the spell save DC? 17? 16. Fails. So uh, 11 points of fire damage. How do you want to do this? I just want him to, like, 
just as, as big a wall as I can make with a uh, first level spell, just completely engulfing surrounding him and stopping like just short of Thaddeus's face. Okay. Thaddeus, you watch as uh, as this guy just erupts in flames. His beard catches fire. His eyebrows turn to cinder. And eventually he just falls to his knees, reaching out with his, uh, with his, with his flame sword in his hand, going to stab at you one last time, and the flame just disappears out of his hand and extinguishes, and then he erupts into flame. And he is dead. That is the end of combat. This one uses the fire here. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Think us. Oh, I was talking to the the corpse. Mm. All right. So. All of you dealing with this fight, you uh, you all see Alan just kind of go like, "It's been nothing but combat ever since we got towards this mountain. What the hell's going on? Where are the dwarves? I've heard stories about these places and haven't seen a damn dwarf other than dead ones by the by the looks of it." This one does not know. All right. Uh, Alan's just going to kind of like, he's going to look at everybody. All right, all right, I'll do the thing. And he will uh, cast uh, Mask Your Wounds. And he'll go ahead and do it. He's he's pretty burnt out on spell sets. <laughs> Do I still have my negative to I, max health? Is I can that do like, it instead. Yes. Till our next long rest. Next long rest that goes away. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh wow, that's a shit roll. Um, okay, Alan's gonna heal himself one of those. Um, he will heal Vivra with one of them. Uh, he'll look at Dennis, a little worried, realize he's okay. Uh, he will throw one on Elka. Uh, he'll give one to Alara. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five. Uh, he'll give one to Ori as fifth, and then Zane, are you are you hurt really at all? Not a whole lot. How about Thaddeus? No. Okay. Uh, he'll just go ahead and give it to, he'll, uh, how about Beep? Did Beep get hit at all in that fight? I don't, I don't think I got hit. Okay, he'll just give it to Zane then. Yeah. Alright, um, let me get rid of these, because my computer is screaming for its life with all these Chrome tabs. Okay. Um. Alrighty. Alan will look at all of you. Well, I could still hear that weird little high pitch home, so still be on guard, but maybe we should go uh, investigate that tower, see if we can find the source of it, or do you just want to move on? Uh, there seems to be holes in the wall over there. 
We could make our way that way. This one thinks the sooner we are away from the noise, the better. That's in green. All right. And he will tap his staff again and say, uh, Thaddeus, you recognize the Elvis words of come, come to me, my light. And you'll see dancing lights shoot out of his uh, staff. And uh, Alan's just going to be like, well. All right. Well, I suppose, uh, suppose, suppose I could do something for him. And he will walk up. And for the first time, all of you have, you've never seen him do this before, but uh, Alan's just going to like sit down and cross his legs and uh, pulling out of his uh, pouch, you're going to see um, candles. He pulls out candles and like snaps and lights them and uh, a few other trinkets. And uh, he is going to pull out what looks to be a um, like a little medallion. Um probably probably definitely it has a hole drilled into it. it's made out of metal and on it you see a uh um you see what looks to be like a tree branch with like a snowflake embedded behind it um and he's going to sit down he's going to cast ceremony um, if any of you want to make a religion check to figure out what that uh figure out what that medallion is, you certainly can. So he is going to... Um, he is going to amplify it with his last... I'm just kidding. This isn't a rule, but I figured it's fine. Uh, he's going to amplify it so that way every, all, the, all the dead bodies in this area are affected. And he's going to cast the funeral rite of ceremony. And he's, you're going to see a bright light glow. And with uh, the 17 religion check, Weaver, you do recognize the symbol uh, because you've seen it before um, as I pull up. Uh, just making sure. All right, there we go. Um, you would recognize that marking as the marking of Auril, uh, the goddess of winter and knowledge. Uh, she's also known as the mother of tundras. Uh, she tends to be a deity that um, is benevolent and cares for those that live on the mortal plane. Uh, she actively went against the uh, She's, she actively went against her fellow gods that, that sought to destroy the mortal plane during the fracture. Uh, so she's one of the very few gods in all of the world that is still currently being actively worshipped. Um, um, 17, you wouldn't know much more about her other than that. but uh, That's fair. Um, but as soon as as soon as I recall Tundra, I just shiver a little and don't say anything. And the shivers right because as as a bright light kind of like it's a soft bright light, 
it shines down and as it spreads and harmlessly rolls over all of you, you do feel just a very slight sense of a cold breeze make its way through the cavern. And he, Alan will just kind of like nod and I haven't done that in a while. Well, I figured that was appropriate. And he'll just kind of look up at the sky, look up at the, the ceiling of this cavern that you're in. All right. He'll stand up, pack up his things. He'll he will uh, cinch the candles and put them away. And well, uh, I'm ready when you are. Perhaps you could play a, a tune to drown out that noise. Beef's just gonna whip out the kazoo. And he's just gonna... Because he's in an eerie place, he feels like he's gonna play something kind of eerie as well. <laughs> so he'll go... Cough, cough, counter charm, counter charm, cough. He blows up. If you like to use counter charm, you can. Yeah, go for it if you want to. Beep starts to play Dame Dame. <laughs> I remember. I'm trying to remember what counter charm. Hey, does. It's one of the. Uh, it basically gives us advantage while he's playing on uh, any um, decks of some certain type or another. Uh, same throws against Frightened or Charmed. Okay. Alright, and that yeah, last... It's, it, yeah, it's one of the very few uh, times when something like that is uh, useful as a bar. Gotcha. Okay. So all of you kind of uh, making your way towards this wall that seems to have been hastily put together. Um, the stone is like unevenly carved and uh, it's obviously broken up, but your assumption is that it was broken up because of the battle that took place. Um, however, as you look closer, as you walk past, you get the sense that haste was definitely involved when crafting this wall. Um, and hard to tell why, but as you move your way past, you do see a sign and uh, Thaddeus in Dwarvish, it says... Uh, it says welcome to the iron checkpoint and has an arrow pointing towards where you just came from uh, the great gate of Kriosh that way um, and then there's another sign in Dwarvish that points past the other way that says that uh, uh, says Tunentorum and deeper within. And it's pointing down the corridor. I would read that all out loud. Okay. 
and uh, say um, suggestions. <laughs> Can't say I have any. If uh, any of you would like, hearing the name Nen Torm, if any of you would like to make a history check, you can do that. I will try. Beep will give it a shot, too. Uh, 19. I'm on the mic ass. See if I can turn this around a little. That's a. Uh, I can I do 18. 13. Hmm. Alan, roll the natural 20 for a whopping history check of. I know his history is awful. Um, what is his history? Where is it? Yeah, his history is okay. Uh, it's 26. So he would he would know a little bit. But Beep, you would know. Uh, unfortunately, you, the, the others that rolled didn't roll quite high enough to, to know the names of the inner cities of Arendor, um, since you've never ventured here. However, Beep... In all of your youth, you heard about stories of dwarves from your parents, and um, you heard how they tended to make cities, carve cities out of mountains, and uh, carve cities out of, ca out of caves. Um, and one of the ones that was most well known uh, to you, being from Ushar, uh, is Nentorum. Nentorum is a dwarvish city that was uh, built... Um, it was built inside of a large crystal mine. Uh, after the as the majority of the crystal was mined out, uh, a concerted effort between the Usharian, um, uh, basic basically the governments of Ushar, primarily uh, the Asimar uh, that you that you would have grown up seeing flying through the sky. Uh, the leaders of the Asimar race uh, teamed up with the dwarves to create a city named Dentorum, which translated from dwarvish to common means city uh, means city under the mountain. Uh, but if you translate it back from common to, dwar to dwarvish, it means city of life. And uh, you would know that it was built about 800 years ago. Uh, and it was a city of commerce and a city of cohabitation in an attempt to spread awareness of dwarvish uh, traditions and lifestyles uh, from the outside to the outside world. It is basically the gate city uh, into Arendor from the Great Gate of Kriosh. Uh You, however, have not heard of anybody ever wandering to this city. Uh, and your assumption is that it's probably still uh, probably still active. It's just that with the gate being closed for as long as they, all of you have heard of, it's kind of, you're trying to it's hard to figure out whether or not uh, whether or not that city's still active or not. Um, given the fact that it was supposed to be a city of cohabitation. But however, uh, Beep, as you're thinking all of that, Alan will explain that to all of you. How 
But I think, uh, I think they, I wanted to try to cohabitate and stuff like that. It was kind of beautiful if you think about it, but I don't know. I read about it in a book one time. Well, let's go. We're gonna find people. It'll be in one. Of the, it'll be. It'll be in a city. Indeed, it would. Okay. So as you venture up, uh, the cave that you're in is probably the ceilings are probably about thirty feet high. Uh, definitely carved out unnaturally. Definitely dwarvish. Uh, ingenuity carved out this mount, the, this part of the mountain. And uh, as you walk farther, you do start to know, notice like little mine shoots that shoot off to each side with like rail carts and railroad systems. Uh, you notice uh, abandoned pickaxes and abandoned carts still filled with ore, some of them. Um, what kind of ore? Hard to tell. All of the ore that is inside of these carts seem to be just stone. The best of your best knowledge. They just look like standard stone. Um, as you continue walking on, uh, you do start to notice a smell of fresh air. You've been walking through this this uh, underground. You've been underground for about three four hours now, and. Uh, for the first time in three or four hours, you, you feel fresh air coming through and into your faces. You look up and you do see little spots, like little shoots, almost like a chimney, uh, stretching upwards where it seems like there's air ventilation coming in and out of this uh, uh, of this tunnel. Uh, your best assumption is that if there's a city of cohabitation, not everybody can breathe state can continue to breathe stale air for an extended period of time, especially if they're larger people like humans or elves or Asimar specifically. Um, but you continue on. Uh, is there anything you guys want to do as you're traveling? It is getting fairly late uh, in the day from the last time you... Granted, you haven't seen sunlight in a while. Um, but your assumption is it's probably getting in closer to the evening and all of you are feeling exhausted after the two fights. Yeah, a uh, little bit of a rest might be good. I agree. Alright. Or he will just continue walking like, oh, okay. And he'll just kind of stop and put his axe down. I mean, I guess anywhere is good enough here. There's a... I don't think anything's dangerous in these tunnels, but uh, that might not be the case. We can just set up a campfire and set up the tents and go to sleep for the night if you want to do that. We should still set up. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do that. Um, I suppose I'll I'll keep first watch if all y'all want to want to go to bed. No, this one will keep first watch. Very well. You have used your. 
used your resource. Very well. I'll, I'll get some shit out. I guess I'll get the I'll get third watch then. I'll wake up in the morning and make sure everything's alright. Anybody want to uh, take a second watch? Elka's gonna look around and be like, I'm rather exhausted from that fight, so if it's alright, I'm as am I. Ori will put his hand up. I'll I'll take I'll take second watch. I wish I could do Nate's deep voice, I can't. Um Okay. So as all of you laid down to rest, uh Weaver, go ahead and make a perception check. Dennis the donkey will stay up with you. Make a nine on his perception check. Natural twenty, holy shit! Yeah, but I'll take the I'll take the net twenty for twenty nine. <laughs> you hear the. <laughs> it's so weird. You hear uh, as everyone goes to sleep. You're able to tune out the snoring come the just the intense snoring coming from Ori's tent and Alan's tent, both of which are quite exhausted, uh, having used up a lot of their. Uh, strength in the fights prior um you kind of like look around and you do notice like elka is just curled up and uh passed out like definitely sleeping soundly zane the same way um you hear the flutter of wings uh flying through this cave and as you, as you look around and try to figure out what it is, you immediately look up and there's like eight or eight to ten bats just flying through. And with your with that massive with that high really high perception check, uh, you could you could hear their white wings flapping through the air. Um, you could hear the occasional drip of condensation hitting the ground. Uh, you hear. Um, you hear like a small breeze coming from like the chimneys rushing through and give and and the fresh air hits your lungs. You're underground, however, it's an odd feeling of safety. Uh you are you are wired beyond belief. And you're just kind of looking around and you don't see anything. You don't really necessarily sense anything that could be danger. So you continue your watch without much issue. Um, second watch comes along. Um, Ori is going to wake up. And he's going to walk over to Dennis, who is now at this point asleep. And he's just going to kind of like put his back against Dennis and pat him on the head. Ori rolled a natural 20 for his animal handling check. Um... And Ori's just gonna, like, kind of keep an eye out. And I'll warn Ori about the bats so he's not, like, spooked or anything. Okay. And that they're harmless. He'll give you a big old thumbs up. Um. Okay. Perception check for Ori. What is his perception? It's a plus one. Uh, it's a ten. Uh, 
Ori keeps an eye out, but as far as he's concerned, there's only two places things can come from. From behind, where you guys just came from, and ahead. So he keeps an eye out. Doesn't see anything. Doesn't hear anything. Just kind of like starts to doze off a little bit. He's kind of woken up by the occasional drip of water that kind of makes him freak out a bit and realize it's nothing. Look around. Nothing going on. Second watch goes off without much issue. Uh, third watch, Alan does wake up and uh, he's feeling rested, which I need to click rest for both of them. Um, and Alan will walk out and kind of stretch, look around. Shrug his shoulders. He'll make a perception check. That's a, that's a 32. Uh, Alan, as well, hears the bats. Instead of fluttering around, he will hear them shifting their feet on the top of the cave, uh, trying to get a more comfortable position as they hang there and, them, and uh, themselves attempt to fall asleep. Um... He will look around, and with all those checks, uh, watch comes, come, or the morning comes pretty quickly. At least what your perception is of the morning comes pretty quickly. Uh, all of you wake up to the smell of cooking food and uh, tea being brewed by Alan. Um, as you all wake up, you see a wide variety of, like, vegetables and you see like uh, you see eggs like chicken eggs being cooked over a, uh, a fireplace uh, you see a variety of the a variety of meats being cooked uh, and he'll say oh well good morning everybody uh, breakfast is about ready uh, Elka I got your own side of a uh, of veggies I know you're not much into the meat eating, as all of us are. Um, tea's really good. I found it from a flower over there, and he'll point to a like a bushel, like a bushel of flowers growing out of the wall of the cave, and just this tiny little patch of moss. Uh, figured they'd make some good, some good tea. Tell me how you like it. It shouldn't be poisonous. Hopefully, I w you know. I mean, I drank some already, and uh, it seemed to be fine, but, you know. Maybe, um, maybe poisons don't affect me as much as the rest. But, enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, walk up to Dennis and say, I know, my friend, it's fine. Caves scare me, too. I don't enjoy being underground. I'd rather be at my home up in the forest, but you'll hand him a carrot. Todd, are you asleep? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> and it's not even 10 o'clock yet. He's a sleepy boy. Must be. Todd. Todd. <laughs> oh yeah, he's out. <laughs> he's out. He's out. Out. 
Todd. Thaddeus is dead. Thaddeus died. Rocks fall, Thaddeus dies. Wow, he's really out. <laughs> he's breathing, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, it's just moving. We're good. Yeah, he's breathing. Hold on, hold on. Let me find something. Surprise, motherfucker. No. No. Didn't work. He is Didn't even face him. You know, let's, uh... Let's, I'm gonna use a really, really loud one, so I'm sorry to your guys' ears. Damn! No. He, he's wow. He, he's out. Nani? <laughs> That's my purse. I don't know you. Oh my god. Todd. Todd. Oh, oh, his head's moving. Your 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 microphone's not down, buddy. You're you were asleep. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the I was of... listening. No, no you, you weren't. weren't. <laughs> I was resting my eyes. Todd, I, I literally we, we we just played so many soundboards to get you awake. You said that Thaddeus was dead. You're like just passed out. Okay. <laughs> It's I've fine. been up since four in the morning. I know, I know. We're just giving you shit. All right, breakfast is had. Watch goes off without much issue. Oh wait, we ate breakfast. Yep. Oh. Took a long rest. <laughs> yeah. This is. Uh, wow, you, you you wake up and pour a glass of wine. <laughs> oh man, Todd's living the well, dream. I have. What the fuck is a pussy on my lap? I want to get that checked out. Um, no comment. He's awake now. Um, okay. You eventually pack up camp. Um, leading the way, Ori's going to make a survival check, which he passes with flying colors with a with a 27 he guides you down the corridor uh with a few branching uh side paths that ori very clearly discerns are more than likely just mine shafts that are a little bit larger uh he continues guiding you towards nentorum the city and as you come over this small little hill you find yourself on a cliff face staring down into a what seems to be a quarry of sorts uh it's almost as if you're on the side of a quarry but you're underground and you look down and you see a magnificent city um in front of you you see buildings carved out of stone some made of wood uh some of elven architecture uh, you see a giant tower in the center um, that you would guess to be either a really important like government building or maybe even a wizard tower. Uh, you see a a pyramid-like structure centered uh, at the back side of the city. Uh, your best guess is that this city is every bit of a mile long underground. Um, 
you look around, Vlivra, with your passive perception and with Alan's passive perception, neither of you see anything moving inside this city. It's almost like everybody just got up and left. Um, you don't see where you would expect the where you would expect you know a a buzzing market. You see, like to the side, you see what look to be market stalls where you would expect to see people awake and um, doing commerce. You see nobody. Um, and in front of you, you do notice a, a grand staircase that's etched out of the wall of this quarry. <clears throat> and uh, Alan just kind of like shrugs his shoulder. Ori kind of shrugs his so shoulders. And... <clears throat> oh god, I just got a... <coughs> water down the wrong pipe. Um, Ori just kind of... Well, I guess, I guess we'll go figure it out. And he will walk down. Uh, Alan will follow quickly behind. As you step down into this city, the the first thing you notice is that the holding up, what seems to be holding up the ceiling of the city, are these pillars that are the size that probably are every bit of 150 feet tall to 200 feet tall, and they stretch from the from the floor all the way to the ceiling. Um, your best guess is that these are for st structural integrity of the city. Um, as you walk deeper into this city, Alan will look at all of you and say, Well, I guess this is the, the dwarvish city of Nentorum. Question is, where are the dwarves? And as you look around, there is nobody here. There's, you look at the, inside the houses, it says, if they were left to rot. Well, this place has definitely <clears throat> seen better days. Uh, Zane, make an Arcana check. Oh, he's yeah. doing that. 26. Okay. What's up, Weeper? Okay. And what are you trying to locate? Uh, the nearest. Just nearest humanoid or nearest dwarf or? Uh, the nearest dwarf specific. Okay. And that's uh, a thousand feet. You uh, cast locate creature. Look around. There's not a dwarf within a thousand feet of you. We'll relay that to everyone. Okay. And Zane, as with your 26 on your uh, Arcana check, you can't help but feel like you've felt this type of energy before. You think back to recent memory. And you remember... Feeling the magical essence in the under in, in the subterranean area of the Rania Trench. You are, you are, you recall fighting a large horned demon-like creature that 
specifically targeted you. It's not the same energy as that. However, it is eerily familiar. And it is just kind of wafting through this city. Just the stench of Infernal and or Abyssal. You can't tell. But you also feel another foreign arcana at like like energy wafting through the air. And it's that of necromancy. It's very similar to the energy that was being pushed off of the undead-like dwarves that you had just fought yesterday. Um, it's just strange. It's it's eerie, it's spooky, and unsettling. Alan's just going to keep kind of walking, guiding his lights through and lighting up, and Alan will do something. I just can't remember what I was going to have him do. He needs to first roll a... Okay. Alan is going to cast um, he's going to cast Conjure Woodland Beings um, and he is going to is it how many is it for it'd be it'll be eighth or lower uh, eight. He's going to summon eight canaries. Uh, eight birds. Little songbirds. And he's going to say to all of them, go look for uh, anything living. And he'll send them all out. Um, and I will rule a perception check for the... That's cock. That's also cock. Come on. Okay. 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 He'll sit there and he'll just. Well, they know where where I am. Keep your guard up. I don't like the fact that there's nobody around. And that, he's right. As you look into the houses, there's just nobody. There's no signs of life. There's no. There's not even any corpses. There's no blood. There's nothing. It's just empty. It reminds you of the. Of like the gatehouse that you first encountered when you walked through up the stairs from the gate of Kriosh. Um Just abandoned. And Alan's going to continue walking forward and keeping an eye out. I assume along with Ori and Vlibra. And Beep kind of keeping up the rear just to make sure nothing sneaks up on you. And Beep, you do notice almost like something's following And when you turn around, there's nothing. Make a perception check. All right. Hmm. 13. 13. You look, you don't see anything. You kind of turn around. And then you feel something like brush against the back of your neck. It makes you immediately flip around. And when you look up, you see this 
shadow all the way 200 feet above you on the ceiling just fly across the ceiling with with six legs quickly and then disappear you kind of blink your eyes and it's gone Well, with a... Hmm. I'm going to have Beep summon Clovis. <laughs> okay. What are you going to have Clovis do? So I'm going to have Clovis um, alert everyone. So he's just going to kind of full, like a portal is going to kind of just open up from the ground or whatever. And he'll just pop right out, out of nowhere, and it'll immediately close right after. And he'll go up to, uh, who was it by me, Vivra, and who else? Vivra, uh, Vivra, Alan, and Ori are at the front, so it'd probably be, probably be Elka and, uh, Zane, who are kind of back there with you. Okay, so I'd have Clovis, um, Clovis will be talking to Zane and Elka, and he'll say, Oh, Lord, it's been ages since I've been let out of there. Uh, anyway, Beef right here just saw something fly across the ceiling. It was a weird, weird little creature. Has six legs jotting out to know God knows who are. You're muted. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Um, I was going to look over and say six legs. Yeah, six legs. Like an insect. She'll, um, hop up to the front of the... Let it... Something creepy crawly on above their head. Okay. Um, Weaver, if you'd like to make a perception check, you can. one for Alan. He doesn't see shit. 26. You look up, it's... You look up, it's not there. There's nothing there on the ceiling. However, a smell hits your nostrils that can only be described as decaying flesh. And sulfur mixed together. This one smells unbed. Something. As you continue walking forward, looking through the house, that's keeping your ears open, keeping your nose open, you eventually find your way into like a kind of like a central location. In front of you, you see a uh, a large statue of dwarven make. Uh, it's of a very similar to other statues you've seen. Uh, it shows a dwarf uh, shows a dwarf holding a shield with a sword and or a, uh, looks to be a sword, could be an axe. Uh, it is a little deteriorated. Um, you have pillars on each side. Of you find yourself in one of the main support sections of where these pillars are shooting straight up. And uh, these seem to be holding up a different ceiling. Something's 
it's almost as if there's a there's another it's, there's a lower ceiling than the big ceiling, and these pillars are slightly smaller than the rest, and they seem to be holding up the section. And as you look closer, you see a almost like a throne. And you look around, you see these wooden uh, braziers that are like were lit at one point. You see the charcoal like fuel inside them, but haven't been lit for a while. With your 26 perception, Libra, you step up into the threshold of this of this section. And your fight-or-flight instinct kicks in instantly with your 26. Uh, Alan, kind of look around and say, Ah, this place is a little strange. This one does not like Beep, the hair on your neck starts to stand up. And uh, I, with the 26 perception check, Weaver, you hear breathing. That's not any of yours. It's deeper and heavier than the rest. Can I tell where it's coming? All over. It's coming from in front of you, above you, below you, to your right and left, behind each pillar, if you're breathing. But it's the same breath, and it's the same... Seems like it's coming from the same creature. Uh, I'd like everyone to make a perception check, please. This is a group perception. Do you want me to make another one, or the yes. uh, 26? This is this is for the group together, to make a, make a perception check. Oh, wow. Alan with a natural 20. 12... Corey with the uh, 16, which is really good for him. Okay. 11, 29. And Zane. Magic. I rolled a 5. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Um, Alan rolled a natural 20. Weaver also rolled a natural 20. So that's... Uh, success. All of you feel as though you are being you are prey being led into a trap. You can't help. You can't shake this feeling. You look around and you see nothing. I'm going to roll a d10 because there's ten creatures. There's nine, so if I roll a ten, I'll re-roll. I roll no, a ten. there's ten of Clovis. Including Clovis, you're correct. Okay. All right, well, then I will re-roll, because I forgot. Wow, okay. Ironically, beep. You, f hmm? you feel as though... 
you feel as though you are your life is in mortal danger you can't shake that feeling it's like staring at it's like staring at a person that's about to behead you and you feel the hair already raised hit in, in a farther depth of your soul you feel a rush of fear hit your body all of you before you have a chance to turn around beep you feel drool hit the top of your head and roll down the back of your back when you turn around you see a large six-legged abomination with a mouth well kind of like an alligator but instead of it being scales, it's fur. Its eyes are a fierce white. And its hair it has a hit, tuft of hair on the top of its head that kind of reminds you of a sickly lion's mane. It's just stringy brownish hair. And it just kind of looks at you and stares. And uh, it's going to grapple you. Can I, would I have any opportunity to kinetic jaunt? Uh, is that a reaction? Well, it's a bonus action. So no, uh, make a okay. make an acrobatics check, and I'll show you what this looks like. Um, I need twenty-five. Ooh. 27 for it. Bruh. <laughs> yeah, you guys are a little... Let me uh, change up players here. So you guys are up ahead, or he's with you. Can't forget Dennis the Donkey. He's still here. He'll be in between you guys. Alara's there. 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 there I was supposed to be seeing a different man. Yep. There's a reason for it. Um, grabbing beep. That up, and we're gonna go. We're gonna shoot. Who's gonna this. protect Dennis now if I'm not around? Standing over beep is this creature, and it is now has beep in his hands. Uh, beep. You are grabbed and squeezed with with nails digging into your chest. Uh, as you attempt to wriggle free, which you can't, you take 28 points of piercing damage as it rips into your body. Uh, I'd like everyone to roll initiative. I hope this isn't a long fight. <laughs> oh, no, it's... Okay, I was just going to say it's 10-15. Yeah, I know. Okay. We love that initiative roll. Me and Todd hot babes. The rogue wakes up from a winter sleep. 
the wine's definitely not helping his cause. No. All right, let me go ahead and click on free and shit for him. Okay. Dennis, go ahead and roll initiative for him. Plus two. That's a natural one for Dennis. So, that's a three. Um, descending. Uh, and then I need to uh, roll for that thing. Oh! Joy. Um... Beep, you're grabbed and squeezed. You then see this creature look and smile at all of you, and in broken abyssal, which I don't think any of you understand, it will just mumble at you and growl and snarl and snarl and stare across the room and just raise its other two of its hands on its right side and do this, and you will see. Um, a good amount of uh, cre of familiar things start to rise from the ground. Uh, this one, uh, this one be when being summoned is summoned out of this pillar of what seems to be a a dwarvish. Uh, uh, a dwarvish warrior with with broken wings, and as it is summoned, you'll feel a shockwave of energy shoot, and the statue will fall over and break. Um, it is the de is it's the demogorgon's turn. Um, it Is going to uh, have beep in its hands. And, um, yeah. It's going to, um, look at, look at you, uh, beep and cast feeble mind. Bro, you can't do this to me two fucking campaigns in a row. <laughs> make, an uh, make an intelligence saving throw. Well, I'm probably going to fail it because that's like his worst stat. There we go. Yep, I'm feeble-minded. Wahoo. What is this thing's DC, actually? All of you watch Beep just kind of slump over. Uh losing his mind uh you watch clovis like look around and look very confused and he will disappear 
All, uh, all familiars disappear once you're feeble-minded. Uh, Beep will sit there and just kind of look stunned and shocked. Uh, cool. Uh, with its bonus action, it's you're going to see a tentacle sprout out of the side of its body and it's going to swing wide and attempt to grapple oh fun um it's gonna attempt to grapple alara off of uh, off of Ori's head so alara i'd like you to make a uh, uh acrobatics check That is a, uh, oh yeah. Holy shit, okay. That's a 21. So, Alara, you feel yourself getting grabbed by this tentacle. Uh, as it grabs, you feel like almost like a, um, almost like a numbness start to come over you. Um, but you're just grappled. It's not, it can't pull you. Um... Okay, that is, uh, that's a, that's the Demogorgon's turn. Uh, Elka, you see, uh, Beep just fall, kind of slump in its hand, him profusely bleeding, and, uh, Alara is now grappled by a tentacle sprouting out of its ribcage. Well, I'm gonna aim for the tentacles so that it can drop Alara. Okay. So you're just gonna stab it? Yeah. Okay. I got an 18 and a 26. Okay, the 18 is gonna miss. But the 26 will hit. Okay. 13 damage. 13 damage. Interesting. Okay. So, does it drop Alara? Uh to the tentacle? No, it does not. All right, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna hit hit it again. Okay. Gonna go right ahead and guess a 17 doesn't hit. So 17 does not hit. No. Uh, I'll use my act. Okay. One won't hit. 22. 22 just hits. Thirteen again. <laughs> okay. And then one more attack for another two. Okay. Or twenty-two to hit. I mean. Okay. And then fourteen damage. That will do it. Just enough. Uh, you will let out a barrage of stabs and slices, and you're able to cut off the tentacle. As it cuts off, it just kind of wilts away in like this weird pow black powdery substance. And Alara is no longer grappled. Um, okay. 
Is there anything else you want to do on your turn? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna skirt around it. Okay. Just so that people can get whatever that thing does. Okay. You know uh, what I'm talking about, right? Yep. At the end of your turn, uh, it's gonna use a legendary action. Um. Okay. It's gonna look at all of you and smile, and it's gonna look down at Beep, who's now feeble-minded, and it's going to bite into Beep's head. Rolls with advantage. Okay. Um, Beep, my assumption is a 31 hits you, but I want to make sure. Yeah, it does. Uh, you take, first off, you take, it's only six points of piercing damage. Um, however, you are starting to be devoured, and as you watch half of Beep's body disappear, uh, you hear it chuckle. <laughs> and as it bites down on Beep's head, you see forming out of the side of its head a rough image of Beep's face with the eye patch starts to form. Bro. And that's where we're on tonight's session. Beep, uh, we will pick up on Thaddeus' turn. And next session. I was going to let Thaddeus do a turn, but it looks like Todd has fallen asleep again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Probably for the best. Uh, yes. So, uh, that's... Tired boy. Okay. So you did, uh, 40 damage. So I, I need to keep track of that. Because... Any damage to the for this instant. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for playing, guys. Yep. Austin, I Great. swear it's not as bad as it feels like. I don't know. You've, the, you've feeble minded me two row. times. It's like, uh, it feels targeted at this point. <laughs> it was, he's trying to tell you something. I rolled a D10, and I counted from, from front to back, and you were 10. And I rolled a 10. I am sorry. Whoever got whoever got got right off the bat was gonna get feeble minded. So we'll see how we pick this up next week. Uh, Bingo, are you not gonna make it next week? I can't remember if you said you were or not. Uh, I don't remember, and I don't have a calendar in front of me. Okay, well it's fine. Uh, hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully you feel better, and if you do play, hopefully you'll feel better by then. Um. But I'm sure I will be by then. Yeah. Nate's gonna be fucking like shocked when he comes back and sees that staring at this. I may or may not be able to play. I don't know. Alright. Uh, I'll try, try not to kill my character. I'll I'll try not to off your character while you're not here. Yeah. That's the goal. I have a no, It's not like I can do anything here, to fight against it anyway. All I can do is just lightly punch the guy at this point. Yeah, just do one damage per punch. You know who's your allies uh, on the bright side. But yeah, yeah you're... Uh, yeah, Feeble Mind, for those uh, 
watching and for those that feeble know, mind basically kills you pretty much uh, <laughs> not quite it, it's, an it's pretty close <laughs> so uh if you're a spellcaster feeble mind basically just makes you an e-unic oh wait which you do you do get feeble mind so uh add this you yeah get... when i get feeble mind i'm feeble minding every fucking bastard you throw at me i hope you know that's fine <laughs> I, I forgot to tell you on that feeble mind you take 16 points of psychic damage i forgot to say that well, that's on you. You forgot. <laughs> um, so yeah, on a fail, the creature's intelligence and charisma scores become one. Oh no, I'm sorry, Bard. Um, yeah. The I literally can't. Hold on. Vivra. Yo. You have greater restoration, right? I do indeed. And not only that, it is prepared. And not only that, um, I have... Uh, I don't know if greater restoration would work or not, but I was planning on throwing a dispel magic at it too. So greater restoration yeah, no. works on feeble mind, but not dispel magic. The standard spell, yes. Uh, actually, before we end, just just for shits and giggles, uh, Lever can roll a uh, Arcana check if he wants to wants to gauge uh, real quick. Wants to gauge what uh, what type of feeble mind. Did you make a special feeble mind? Nope. This is just a five e demigorgon feeble mind. He'll see. Oh. I didn't make anything. Ten. You don't know. You'll find out next week. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if greater restoration works. I say with a side eye. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> no, people mind the spell. If you if you're not looking up that you're not looking up my demogorgon. You're not gonna do that. If you do that, I'll kill your character right now. I'm not. <laughs> that's that's foul play, sir. But no, feeble you mind. Tell me what it is. <laughs> uh, feeble mind. Normally, uh, the spell can also be ended by a greater restoration, heal, or wish, though. Normally, demogorgons are a little messy. But all right. Well, thank you for playing, uh, Todd. You shouldn't sleep in your chair, good sir. Just letting you know. If you can hear me, I doubt he can. But I'll be back. We'll wake him up. We'll find a way. All right, guys, that's where we're going to end it. Thank you for watching. I appreciate all of you. Um, I'm going to... I have to make down some notes. I don't think they... Uh, yeah, this should be fun. This should be real fun. Anyways, thank you for watching. I appreciate all of you. Um... Again, if you if you uh, are going to be in Philadelphia for PAX Unplugged and uh, you want to come say hi, um, I've qu I haven't quite figured out where I'm going to be. I don't want to announce it to the public uh, until I know, but uh, we'll we'll see. I'll uh, if you guys want to come say hi, I may be running some D and D while I'm at PAX Unplugged, but we'll figure that out. Anywho, thank you for watching, and I'll catch you guys later. Peace out.